All right, what is up? Hello. I am gathered by a lot of black belts right now, and I'm very, very excited about <laughs> and it. Jake's dad. And Jake's dad. Hi, Jake's, Jake's dad. dad. Hello. Jake's dad. Um, first and foremost, welcome, Jake. Happy to have you, man. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I um, thought you were going to congratulate me first and foremost. Well, Jake's here. I just here. feel He's like our, our guest. relationship's longer. Like, even though we guest. both clearly love Jake, I mean, now, what the fuck is this? Well, you see, Jake's our he guest. He didn't invite me to his fucking wedding. He didn't yeah, invite me to his back, second we're wedding. Back to this. Okay, here's the thing. I got married. I said, Kent, I'm getting married. Do you want to come? No. Okay, you're not invited. But then I don't invite him. And, and then he goes on. sour about it. He should have still invited me, even though I wasn't going to go. Courtesy thing. Courtesy right? thing. Courtesy, yeah. Jake understands. It it's a fucking black belt thing to understand. It must be a black belt. It's not a blue belt. I'm not on that level of understanding it. Um, for sure. So, yes. So, first Jake is our guest. Here. Welcome. Welcome, okay, Jake. Okay, Kent. Thanks again, boys. Congratulations on your uh, on your black belt, buddy. Thank you. Thank Very you. It's proud funny of that you finally <laughs> mentioned it. I I really appreciate that. That's so fucking sweet of you. Yes, I know. Yeah. We're both very excited to say that we're finally on grappling fight team, which is it. fun. I'm happy to have you guys. I'm more than excited to have you guys on the team, man. Yeah, for sure. we've known each other for a while. We've done yeah. tons of seminars. Tons of seminars. This was probably the sixth or the seventh seminar. So it was a seminar every year. I don't every think we. Every year, yeah. So I don't probably, think we missed any. No, we don't I miss any. Thank your dad for that first message. Oh yeah. No, he's the one who set it up. He yep. set up a lot of stuff here in Atlanta, Canada. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think probably we've known each probably, probably seven, eight years, close it's, to. It's cool too because like during the affiliation change, which you know I, I still I love everybody on the other team. I'm still it just it wasn't working out for me. But during it, I was worried that I wouldn't end up with someone who knew me, knew my skill set, knew my jujitsu, and I didn't care if it took longer to you know to get the belt. But it was refreshing that. You know my game. You've rolled with me a lot. Sure. So it was nice. Sure. Know? So I'm very grateful. And I'm know. honored to have you as one of my black belts. I'm honored to have you so guys on the team. Cool. Say that again. I'm honored to have you as my black belt. Oh, God damn. Good, I have man. a fucking yeah. eruption. <laughs> eruption, but better. <laughs> yeah, like a skull. First one in Atlanta, Canada, too, buddy. It's amazing. And we are officially, there is another black belt from Cape Breton, but I am the first person on Cape Breton Island to receive a black belt. There you sure. go. In, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, because there's all kinds of Taekwondo don't and all that other. Sure. Yes. So you're the third one I've given out, actually. That's amazing. Yeah, so I gave one out in Frankfurt. It was the first one I gave out to my buddy Janos. Cool. Second one was to Roger Hollett. I gave it with him and uh, his brother. Uh, we both gave it to him together. Um, and that was in Alberta. He's from he's from Atlanta, Canada, but we gave it out in Calgary. Yeah. And then you're the third one, buddy. It's awesome. Incredible. I love it. it. Is. Um, so you're a big deal. Like you uh, can beat a lot. Know. Tell me, why did you leave Nova Scotia to follow jiu-jitsu? Um, well, I trained in Nova Scotia for a long time. I started jiu-jitsu when I was probably about 12, and I trained in Churro because um, we had some really good instructors that came there. Um, and then I started making a commute from back and forth from Chur to Halifax. So my mom and my dad would drive me a couple times a week, and I would train with like Kevin Taylor and Peter Martell a bunch. So I trained with those guys for ages those guys are like family to me you know i still go to titans probably once a week to drop in and see how they're doing and show a little bit of technique how far is the trip it's one hour oh uh, yeah about an hour yeah. about an hour um so i really had this dream of going to brazil or going to the states i just didn't really have any clue on how i was going to do it and uh we were living on pleasant street in churro and there was like a couple streets down um my dad actually heard that there was a brazilian guy that uh, was on an exchange program, and he was, I guess he, someone said, oh, I think he does jiu-jitsu. Uh, Lucas was his name, and he became really good friends with me. We became, like, 
best friends over that year that he was in Churro. Um, and I ended up going back to Brazil with him. Oh, cool. So it was a lot easier to have... Then trying to go on your own. Especially when I was yeah. 16, you know, I had someone to stay with. Exactly. They lived in a nice neighborhood, you know. So that's why I went the first time. And when I went the first time, um, I was hooked. You know, I was like, oh, I just opened my eyes up because I'd never seen... I'm jealous, man. Like, I, I want to go to Brazil, but at the same time, not just family, I... Man, I, I think I'd get killed. I just, I, I wander. I fucking wander. Like, even when we went to Montreal for the Montreal Open, I ended up down this fucking alley looking for this sushi restaurant. I could have easily just been mugged and killed. And I was by myself. I just sure. fucking wandered off. So, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm good to go places. You need me as your tour guide, buddy. I know, right? Someday. With no wandering. Fuck, no wandering. So, how hard was it for you going over there the first time? Because it, it is a sketchy country we, we talked about it before we first and on. second time were easy yeah okay. first and second time were easy right. because i live with a I live with a family with your buddy out okay. yeah and right. like did you train at the same club the first time every time or did you try different clubs i tried a lot of different yeah. clubs yeah I, so the first time i went i didn't go to rio so i went to spirit santo which is like the southeastern part of brazil and uh it's funny because it is really dangerous there um, there's some cities there that make it like on the top 50 list for most wow. dangerous cities in the world. But Jesus. where I was staying was like in a really nice neighborhood, a really <laughs> nice condo. His family uh, pretty, were pretty well off financially. Um, the gym that I trained at was in a fairly good neighborhood, you know. Um, so I'd say the first two times, like I really didn't learn any Portuguese. Right. Um, because I had people that were speaking English to me every day. Can, right. I, can I just say this? Yo falo un poco de Portuguese. Like Yo buddy. entendo muito poco. <laughs> I like that. That's brother. all I know how to say. And now when somebody talks back to me, I have to I have to say no. I don't know anything else. <laughs> That's all I know how to say. Yeah, I I speak a little Portuguese. I understand very little. So what? That's what, all what I know how to say. say? That's exactly what you just said. said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's good. But then people know. And then yeah. people look at me. They're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, no, no. You'll follow muito pouco. Yeah. Muito pouco. Like yeah. nothing. Like I know nothing. Yeah. I know that. I can say that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So the, the third trip is where I think I started, like, because I, I live by myself. Right. Um, and I kind of landed in Rio with, with uh, enough money, I thought at the time, with the exchange rate for me to get by. I was, I think I spent seven or eight months the first time. Wow. Uh, or the third time, sorry, the first time I went like by myself without staying with a family. Um, I actually spent it up, I ended up spending over the time because on a visa, you're only allowed to spend 180 days, so okay. six months. Right. So I ended up, they ended up finding me when I left Brazil because I didn't know that I was able to not spend more than 180 okay. days, yep. you know? Um, but I remember my friend Lucas was living in Rio, but he was doing university and he was like living with his aunt and his uncle and they had a bunch of kids. Okay. You know, and um, so I couldn't crash them. Right. And I remember, I remember Kevin Taylor and Peter had just come back from um, Rio. They went to a trip. And they're like, "Oh no! If you want to go stay somewhere, you want to stay at." Uh, I thought at the time they said Gavada. That's what they remember. Oh, the Gavada Hotel. I guarantee you can stay there for a cheap price, and it's here. And I got my buddy to take me. So we're gonna go to the Gavada Hotel, and that's where I'm gonna stay. Yeah. And he told him the neighborhood was, and I'd never been to Rio. I'd been to Rio once or twice, but just for like a couple of days to compete, like at the Worlds when I was a blue belt. Man, we looked, fuck, for like five or six hours for the Gavada Hotel. We couldn't <laughs> find the Gavada Hotel. Yeah. You know? And then I remember finally we were like ready to throw the talon, and somebody, I kind of knew that it was close to where the Gracie Baja was mm -hmm. and that, and someone said, Gavada? Oh, you mean 
Gaivotish is the name of what they said. Okay. And it doesn't sound anything like Gavada in Portuguese, not, you know? <laughs> and so we found it there. We found the place. And I got there. And she's like, okay, well, how long do you want to stay? And I was like, well, how long is it for me? To, how much is it for me to stay for a month? Yeah. And it was way off what they ballparked it at. And I was like, oh, I don't have enough money to stay here for, yeah. I'll be broke in a month, you know? Yeah. Um, so I remember Lucas brought me back to his cousins. He's like, you can stay here for, you know, a couple weeks mm -hmm. until we can find you something. And I was just sleeping on the floor, like I, just like a mattress on the floor. Um, and I ended up finding a place fairly quickly. But I, I found when I was on my own, I... I learned a lot more Portuguese. Like that first year, the first like seven, eight months, mm -hmm. I learned how to speak the basics, right. you know? Um, and I learned how to get around. And I learned that you got to be a lot more street smart when you're by yourself. And you're. Yeah. And I, w I was in a good part of town too. Like at that point, I was in the south zone of Rio, which is, which is a, a, a nicer part of Rio, you know? Did you ever get robbed or like close to robbed or anything like that? Um... Uh, different things like I've seen gunfights there before yeah. being it's in cabs crazy. and stuff and um, I remember sitting because the last probably 10 years I lived in Rio, or probably say the last 8 or 9 years I've lived in Rio 10 on and off um, I've lived in the north zone of Rio which is much more inner city so there's a lot more favelas around there it's a lot more dangerous there's a lot, a lot more, more poverty yeah. so I remember sitting like I remember sitting in GF team at the in the front of the gym waiting for Julia to pick us up to go to the to a tournament and I remember there's a there's a big favela if you go down the train line down and you can see it from the gym and we're looking and the boys are are looking and they're seeing sparks going back and forth and they said they asked me they said, you know what's going on down there I said no they said oh they're shooting at each other you know Dude. so I think and I think when I made the move to GF team too that I've been there for almost 10 years um I think being in that area of Rio and seeing kind of their reality really opened my eyes up a lot more. I think I got a lot more street smart from living there and then living in Garajau too is where, is where my mother-in-law lives. So I lived with her for a long time, which is fairly close to GF team, you know. So I think that was a big eye-opener, you know. But the yeah. first two trips, I didn't really learn anything. I learned a couple <laughs> bad words in Portuguese and learned some <laughs> jiu-jitsu moves and, sure. you know. Sure. So you said you was your first world's competition as blue belt yeah and then you really haven't looked back you went from blue yeah belt. but it wasn't like i didn't have very much success at blue belt right. like at blue belt they medaled at the pan ams a couple times but it was juvenile so like okay. it wasn't a lot of fights to medal right um and i really uh I, when i was a blue belt i was good in the gym like i i was pretty good for my belt level like mm -hmm. even when i went to brazil like i would catch some of the better blue belts yeah. or like even some of the purple belts or brown belts um but I really didn't know how to compete at all. Okay. I would get really nervous before I would compete, yeah. and I would, like, freeze up. Like, so yeah. I really tried to teach myself how to compete from a young age. Like, I used to read books on sports psychology. And I did some wrestling with a really good guy. Um, he's from Alberta, but he ended up moving to Halifax. His name is uh, Corey Robinson. Okay. He was on the national team for wrestling. Oh. I think he was uh, Olympic alternate <clears throat> for wrestling. Oh, wow. He coached for Team Canada for a while when he sure. got out of competing. He's a phenomenal coach, and yeah. he's someone that I really think taught me how to compete a lot, you know? Um, yeah. I remember he would recommend me books about sports psychology yeah. or like yeah. different things like he'd ask me if I was going to beat a kid like in a wrestling tournament he's like man he's like you gonna go smash that kid I'd be like oh I don't know I hope so you know and he'd be like don't say you hope so yeah. put that in your mindset that you're gonna go smash that person you have to turn that switch yeah so switch. he's somebody that like I think about things that he told me when I was 14 15 or 16 
you know, the time that I wrestled with them, because I wrestled probably three or four years with them, yeah. that uh, I told them, I, I talked to them a little while ago on Facebook and said, I, there's things that you taught me when I was a kid that I still remember to this day. Yes. Mindset things or things to tell myself, like, yeah. you know, because wrestling is, that's... It's hard. It's hard. It's a much harder sport than jiu-jitsu, I think, you Definitely. know. If you're the world champion, Olympic champion in wrestling, in my opinion, you're the toughest and best trained, best athlete on the planet. As far as hand-to-hand combat. I think in any sport. I don't, think, I don't think there's any sport that's demanding as wrestling. It's, it's um, heavy workload, man. Constant, constant grind. And dynamic. It's, yeah, it's, it's much more absolutely. dynamic than jiu-jitsu. Like, you see the flexibility. Yeah. Those guys are like gymnasts. Yeah. It's wild. If you're, like I said, if you're, if you're even in the top 20 best wrestlers in your, in your division in the world... Yeah. You're a phenomenal athlete, yeah, and I got endless respect ethic, for you. Like mm-hmm. the, the the beautiful thing about wrestling, as opposed to just starting bare ass jujitsu, and just from what I've seen, right? Sure. Wrestlers have a better work ethic. Sure. Because yeah, I I only started wrestling late into it, like when Mike started getting right. serious with our team, and I was lazy getting into it. And you see, Mike, he he doesn't have time for that because he's used to people who are self motivated wrestlers. Sure. They're willing to do all the work. They're willing to put themselves in, in it. And I was just a lazy grappler. Sure. And even with my judo, because I, I see people that I consider lazy as fuck, and my judo still had me lazier than Mike's wrestling. Sure. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, and without I, sounding like a dick about it, wrestlers are more motivated. And I'll tell you right now, I think judo's on this. I, I think if you look at high level judo, it's yep. the exact same way. Like, if you look at like a guy who's an Olympic champion in judo or a world champion, or they're yep. in that top 10 or 20, they're an animal. I've got endless respect for them because I know, I, I don't know, but I've kind of, where I've trained at a very high level and in jiu-jitsu, and like when you're competing at the Worlds and you're making the, you know, into the finals, the semifinals, the quarterfinals, and you know you're training seven, eight hours a day, yeah. and you're doing that grind, and what they're doing is just that even more, you know, it's amplified because what they're doing, like, you, I can train six or seven hours of jiu-jitsu a day. You can't get thrown for six or seven hours, no, no. you know? You can't wrestle full blast for six or seven hours. No, or even something like you, your buddy's ripping your head down. Yeah. Head snap downs constantly, constantly. And then strength and conditioning is just through the roof. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. And then the, the grind on the mats. So that's that the thing. Included, so like, it's just it's so much. It's they don't have the longevity able. in their careers because, no. like, in judo or wrestling, you just get run down. For the like jujitsu, like yeah. the lifetime goal is for you to train till you're right. 90, yeah. you yeah. know, until the wheels fall off the wagon. You can do yeah. that in jujitsu a lot more because it's a lot more pliable. Yeah. You can Definitely. adapt things, you can Definitely. change things. Judo, I talked to like one of my friends is a couple time national champion in Brazil. She's a girl. She started doing jujitsu. She said in judo, she said I know two throws yeah. that I've perfected for the last 20 years. Those right. may be a national champion. Yep. She goes, I don't, I know how to do all the throws, but I really know how to do two throws. Yeah. And yeah. jujitsu, she like. She's like, oh, I know an arm bar from here. I know a normal plotter from here. I know a guard pass. Like, it's just more material, you know? Look, I got to black belt in judo, and I personally think my coach gave it to me based on mostly my ground stuff. But um, my judo overall, I'm black belt level, but I'm not really good at any throw, right? So you wouldn't put me up there with the national people. Like, I'd get killed, right? Like, even Colton from our club, he's a really competitive brown belt. He beats me in judo. Especially now, I don't do it anymore. Sure. But she's right. Like I had two main throws, yeah. and it all started off one main grip. Sure. And my whole goal at the beginning was get that grip, get that first throw, go to plan B if the first throw doesn't work. And that was pretty much all I did for hours every day, like sure. one or two hours every day of drilling just that, right? 
it's it's weird. It really is. She's right though. Sure. Well, it's the same thing in jujitsu. Like I think when people want to be successful at jujitsu, if the end product, if you want to be successful at black belt, you can't you can't be um, not well rounded. Yeah. You know, like I got all the way up to black belt, and I was really good in a small specific position. And I was really good at keeping the fight in that small specific position. But as a whole, my jiu-jitsu sucked. You know, I, my, I got so much into pulling half guard that I forgot any of the wrestling that I did for five years, you know. So I've really come back and trained that the last two or three years um, to try to get a hold of that again because it's a big part of grappling. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can out-wrestle a guy, out-scramble him, if you can defend his shot or if he gets on the legs or if when you get on his legs, you can take him down. It's a huge part of it, you know. But... Um, I remember Julio telling me that when I got to the gym. I remember the first tournament we went to. I beat two really good guys in Brazil that were probably, one of them was a top 10 lightweight in the world at the time, and he was a really good guy. And uh, Julio said to me afterwards, we were sitting down and having coffee, and he goes, he goes, you're a really good competitor. He goes, you're really good at what you do. Right. He said, but your jiu-jitsu as a whole has tons of holes in it. Yeah. He said, for you to, he goes, you'll be successful for a certain amount of time with the tools that you have. But if you don't branch out and put yourself out of your comfort zone, you're going to stagnate and you're going to, you're not going to get any further than you right. are. And I mean, you know? that, that is what it's all about is getting out of your comfort zone. You know, but people don't get out of their comfort zone. It's like I train, to do. I train with tons of black belts and I didn't want to do it for a long right. time. Like I, you know, I would avoid positions that I was not good at, you yeah, know? Of course. You know, I still avoid positions I'm not good at, but I've tried to smooth out the patches, like where, where I'm going to inevitably have to fight people, you've got, like, on top. I was not a good top player at all until yeah. I got to black belt. Now I play on top just as much as I play on bottom. Right. And I prefer to play on top mm-hmm. now because it's easier on my body. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. Playing, yeah. hard bottom, playing on half guard is hard on your hips, hard on your back, it's hard on your groin, your neck. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, for, um, for competition specifically, and I just want to pick your brain about it, when my guys in here decide that they want to be competitive, I... I don't know. I don't want to sound weird with this, but I try to get them to spend a lot more time on one particular pathway, sure. right? Sure, for, sure. For the competitive aspect of it, just like you're talking, sure. get all the way to black belt on half guard. Like one of my guys, he's already guillotined up to purple belt. And how, how long's shithead Adam been doing it? Four months? Yeah, around there, yeah. He guillotined Drake. Sure. Right? Yeah. Adam, I, I said, I want you to be our guillotine guy. You're tall, lengthy, ugly. Sure. You're going to be the guillotine guy, right? <laughs> so now he's, he's terrifying. He's made me gurgle twice. He's a fucking white belt. Yeah. But he went in. He did two tournaments, two golds so far. Sure. Right? And, but what, what's your take on that? Because I don't think it's going to make his jiu-jitsu suffer because even as a competitor, if I can keep him around for fucking 20 years, he'll learn everything. Sure. I'm just trying to really tighten one aspect of his game you're, for competition. You're 100% right on the money. Okay. Like, there's, there's no way that, like, at the black belt level, you have to be well-rounded. But there's no way, as a white or a blue belt, that you can be really, like, that's a scary thing now. Because there's kids that are coming out. Like, if you look at the kids, like, some of the kids that have come out of our program, some of the kids that come out of Alliance, Atos, Novo Union, these big teams they're scary good like i mauricio Oliveira is a, a kid that i trained with since he was 15 he's a black belt now he won the world's uh blue purple brown consecutively all at different weight divisions so he won at lightweight middleweight middle heavyweight um yeah and he's been tapping he could beat 95 percent of the black belts in the gym when he's a blue belt in, in any spot he's just really good he's as good as he is on bottom as he is on top wasn't a great finisher he could beat guys 30 to zero but would never have any submissions in the in the in the tournaments or in, even in the gym. Real good finisher now. Um, but I think the level is so high. But, like, when I 
came up when I was a purple belt, I won the Pan Ams, I would do two moves from the half guard. Mm-hmm. I knew how to do the waiter sweep and take the back. And I didn't defer from the plan. I knew how to pull half guard. If you looked at me hard, I would fall over. I was on top of you. I had no base. <laughs> I had no guard passing. I had very, like, I had one choke from close guard. My submissions were pretty terrible. You know, I think I had an okay triangle at the time, maybe. But as a whole, my jiu-jitsu was not good, you know. Um, but I had a ton of success at purple belt and brown belt because I was good at getting to those spots really quick and then manipulating the time and manipulating the situations so I could control them. So I think that's how you have to go with things. If you want someone to compete, if you want a white belt to compete, yeah. you can't show him 10 different moves because he's going to get on the mat and he's going to get those 10 different moves confused, which one he's going to do, and he's going to end up losing. That's going to affect his confidence. So I think you do have to show them like one or two things. Yeah. White belt, you need to show them one thing. Right. You know, or maybe two moves that go together. Mm-hmm. And so you got to get here. Yeah. Like Scott Noss. Scott Noss is, is, does some of the same things that I taught him the first week of jiu-jitsu as he does today. I showed Scott Noss how to do the, the head and arm choke mm-hmm. the first week in jiu-jitsu. That's his best submission. He gets me with it all the time. First tournament we took him to, he was a kickboxer, and he was a competitive hockey player. He played football and stuff like that. I remember that we made those guys compete after, like, three weeks of training. <laughs> and I, I held the tournament at Merrimack, and I was like, oh, man, how's this going to go? Like, are, are my guys going to get the crap kicked yeah. out of them? But they were all good athletes. Yep. I remember Scott Noss, I think, ended up taking – I think he won. But he just, like, football tackled them, passed their guard. Arm triangle. Arm triangle, every single Perfect. time. Perfect. You know? So the, if you look at a white belt, you look at, like, a, like, the base of a tree, I think. Sure. So there's the tree, and then as the tree blossoms, you got branches. Right, so here's blue belt, a little higher. Here's purple belt, and the branches keep to, they keep on developing. Sure, is that a good way to look at it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And you'll always come back to the basics, which are going right. to be your roots. Absolutely. You know, yeah, that's great. You know, yeah. because the thing is, is like, uh, that's one thing I've really f- found out for a long time, for the last like, last probably year especially. You don't realize how important the basics are until you until you start to, and I'm just starting to, like, Padre Grace is the Michael Jordan of our sport. He's yeah, the best definitely. competitive grappler of all time. Definitely. Uh, when he beat Bouchesh, I think he cemented that. Yes. And I don't think it matters. Like, man, Bouchesh in the IBJJF is the most accomplished grappler. Yeah. You know, he's got the most amount of world titles. He's phenomenal. But the way that Hodger Gracie went out, the crew that he had, and then the way he went out, yeah. and he does the basics. <clears throat> yeah. He's the, the master of the basics, well, man. He's, he's very adamant. I read a couple articles that defense is the utmost importance he's never been submitted he was submitted as a blue belt right you know that doesn't count so, no, it's you know you have a solid defense and then you know you you have half the guys already beat sure because if they can't submit you they're not going to win sure so then you have that and then like again the branches off and off he's good at everything i said i so said it the other day to someone i was like oh he's never been submitted and someone's oh you submitted a blue belt that doesn't count big, yeah, big deal you, like who you know offers yeah. up that information like oh, it's if you're a blue belt and you win the world championships that's a, an amazing feat you are at your level at your belt level mm-hmm. you are uh you're a world champion for a blue belt but in the whole scheme of things it's like Blue belt's like playing triple-A hockey, mm-hmm. and black belt is the NHL. Exactly. You know? So, at black belt playing in the NHL, like him playing in the big leagues, he was never submitted. He won ADCC. He won his weight in the open weight. He finished Jacare, who's one of the best grapplers of all time. Yes. He rear naked choked him. He and, man, I'll tell you right now, in every single final that he was in, that he lost to the yeah. world championships, if it was a fight, no time limit to the submission, he would beat all those guys. Definitely. For a fact. Yeah. 
none of those guys would beat him in a no time limit match. I, I, he's just so good. Yeah, that's crazy. You know? Yeah, he's a stud. And he's so fun to watch, man. So, so fun, fun to watch. watch. Yeah, no, he's definitely, I, I, I think they're, for our generation, he's the best grappler yeah. to, to come. Well, like you said, the, the Michael Jordan. He's the Michael Jordan. Well, this is a good lead in. Who else do you like to watch? Like, whether it's for crazy techniques, just people doing whatever. Like, who, who's your favorite grapplers to watch? Get me on. Um, so, I like a lot of guys. Um, I don't really play, like, I'm starting to get back to playing, like, a more traditional basic game. I do a lot of that stuff, but a lot of the stuff where I've had success is weird stuff. You know, so my, a lot of my half guard stuff is weird or stuff that I figured out. And I think um, playing like a strange game is good because it throws the person off. If you do something that you're not expecting, yep. I have way more hours clocked into that position than you have mm -hmm. clocked into defending it. So, um, like, one of my favorite grapplers is Eduardo Telles. And I met him and I got trained with him in England. And I was a huge fan of him before I met him. I'm 10 times the fan after I met him. He's. Because there's some guys you meet in jiu-jitsu. Like, I met some of my heroes when I was younger, you know, and they were just not cool dudes. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm not that guy's fan anymore. Man, Eduardo Telles, on top of being one of the best grapplers I've ever seen, one of the coolest, nicest guys, man. Such a good vibe. And, man, it's like, it's crazy. It's like grappling like a, with a ghost because he uses zero. Like, you know how it feels when someone flow rolls with you? Yeah. That's what he feels like when you're attacking him 100%. He's just using pure, and he's a big guy. He's 190 pounds, 200 pounds, but he's using pure technique. And I've never had anybody in my life where I almost took their back and felt like I was in danger. It's crazy. Like I took his back with one hook and he spun and landed in a side mount on me like two or three times. And I was just like, how's that even possible? And then every time I got close to his back and he's given me the back, yeah. I'd be like, okay, he's going to try to knee bar me. He's going to try to Kimura him. He's going to try to flip me, you know? Um, he's but, one of my coaches. Oh, he's I, I phenomenal. Have, he doesn't know. But yeah. <laughs> I, I had the Eduardo Telles DVD, sure. octopus guard one, and like I've been drilling that since the cardboard days, right? Sure. So I still give up my back way too often. I'm a turtle guard player. Sure. But man, I get fuck tons of subs from there. I do a straight arm bar from the bottle at the bottom of turtle. It makes sure. some people quit jujitsu. Yeah, it sucks. It's it's uh, from the front, like from the front headlock. Like I'm just yeah, but no, everywhere. It's sure. just my arms are so short that when you put an arm in, I just grab it sure. and go. And if you avoid it by bending your arm, then I spin out and I end up on top, and I'll either Kamori or Americania. So sure, it's, it's a wrestler's nightmare. Wrestlers like to go to that tight waist. Sure, play I out here. Fucking you just reaches back and so tell us, I love you too. He's the man. He's so the man. Cool. I, I like hearing that because, you know, I, I haven't met him, so I don't know. But sure. now that I know, I, I like him more, too. No, he's yeah. amazing, man. He's, uh, like, I think one of my favorite matches to watch. Like, if I'm going to go compete, like, I'm, I'm 33 now. I still compete at adult. I've only competed at Masters once. Um, I had a great time competing at Masters. Um, I'll definitely do that again. I wasn't sure what I was going to do when I was when I was done competing at adult, like I figured I have another two or three years where I can compete in adult. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do if I was going to go down that route to compete at masters. And after I did the masters worlds, I said, for sure I will, because there's so many high level guys. There are so many legends you get to watch fight. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember watching his match with, uh, Pregisa, Felipe Pena, who's beat Gordon Ryan, yeah, who still, won ADCC. Very, very legitimate. Like, he's still out there killing. But no, he's a killer, yeah. and Telly's beat him in the finals of the Nogi Worlds when <sighs> Telly's was 39 years old. Holy shit, yeah. You know, and that guy, maybe he wasn't, Pergisa wasn't in the absolute prime that he is right now, but he was an absolute killer. Like, he was killing the best guys at black belt. He was a, a top three black belt for his weight division, and Telly's went out, and man, 
some of the most beautiful jiu-jitsu I've seen. Like, just crazy scrambles from the turtle, like, super technical. I like watching Telly's a lot. He's one of my favorites. I really like watching Bernardo Patel a lot, too. Um, my, probably my best sweep from, from half guard that I do from the reverse half guard, I thought I made up. And one of my coaches said, no, no, go type in Bernardo Patel. He, he was a killer with this, like, in the early 2000s. You showed me that sweep, I think, yeah. the last time of the time before. Yeah, the Patel. So, that's, like, my best. That's probably, I'd say, in, like, six or seven the last six or seven years that I've been really successful competing in black belt, it's like by far head and shoulders above every other move, the move I've done the most. Right. Yeah, I banded my back take that I probably had, I think I probably had at least 500 back takes in competition wow. from the deep half guard, and I abandoned that when I started doing the, the Patel. I used to watch his highlight every single day, make coffee, and we'd put the, it's got this kind of corny song on, and my wife's like, oh, he's got the song on again. <laughs> and I would listen to that every day for training. I like, uh, Jamie Lowe was the guy that made up the, the deep half guard. I used to watch him a lot. Um, I train with him quite a bit, actually. Um, he's a crazy guy. He's got really good jiu-jitsu. Um, there's some guys on my team, too, that I, I, I really look up to, um, that I really like to watch, like uh, Vinny. Vinny Marino is, like, one of the best competitors I've ever seen, and he's probably one of the guys that kicked the shit out of me the most in training. And, like, he's just not, like, a, he's not very physical. Like, he's just so good technically. Like, everything he does is so smart and he's not great at explaining things sometimes like with us like he's a really good teacher with his students but like I'll ask him how he does stuff and he's like oh, I just do this this and this and then you'll go home and you'll think about it and you're like oh man you're just that much smarter than me yeah. you know <laughs> yeah it makes sense yeah Yeah. but he's another guy I like to watch I like to watch Denilson Pimenta I like to watch um, Theodore Canal is a guy so he's on my team too he's one of my coaches for a long time Pimenta's on my team as well those guys are really really good so I grew up watching those guys a lot um <clears throat> And I like a lot of the guys, like, uh, there's a couple of guys from our team that were, like, really top-level competitors in Brazil, but they never really were able to get out of Brazil and started having kids, and life got in the way. Like, uh, Jefferson, uh, I don't even know Jefferson's last name. He's a cop now. Jefferson, we call him Carajinado, which means, like, uh, nothing face. This was his nickname. And uh, he's really good. I, I really like training with him. I really looked up to him. Uh, Lili is one of the guys from our gym. He's an older guy, too, and he's... He's a killer, man. He's yeah. like probably close to 40, and yeah. me and him go back and forth in the gym all the time. Yeah. We talk shit to each other. Awesome. Yeah, we have yeah. a big rivalry on the map, but we're like good buddies off the map. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You have to have those guys. Yeah. yeah. It gets competitive at the end of the day, for sure. Sure. And you, you know, you want that. Uh, that crutch like right now that crutch and i think is a lot of guys crutch right now is drake for me sure a terrible time with him um it gets competitive but he always comes up on top he moves very he well he moves so well he moves he's so very flowy well. so flowy he's so um loose with his hips sure he just he's like a surfer i call him he just yeah. kind of flows through stuff and he has that flow that you like to see or that you hear about like uh like you guys would have like a black belt would sure have. he has those tendencies he has he picked things up really easy in the seminar man. today. Definitely. That's is. what I really noticed when we yeah. did the seminar today. Like, yeah. he would be doing stuff that would be, like, a little bit off, and I would say, no, just do this, this, and this. And that's like that. And he could pick it up, yeah. and then once he started to get a feel for that, he was doing... Just blossom. Yeah. For sure. Super talented. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And like I said, so young. It's fun to roll with guys like that. Sure. For sure. Um, but he beats the shit out of me all the time. I mean, he gets competitive, but at the same time, it's like... That's one thing you gotta. That's one thing for jujitsu that you like. I always thought when I was, I would always set goals when I was coming up. I'd be like, man, I want to be this guy, yeah. this specific guy yeah. in the room, and you'll surpass tons of those goals if you if you stay really focused and train. Like, I've trained with guys that I thought that I would never be able to put a hand, uh, lay a 
by handing their gi. Yeah. I beat them in competition eventually, or I've beat them in um, in training. But then there's always someone that's that's better. There's always that next level yeah. to your level. I remember going to the gym lots of times, like winning big tournaments in Brazil, and thinking, okay, you know, now I've I've made it. Now I can. I'm one of the best lightweights in Brazil. I'm one of the best lightweights in the world. Now I'm gonna. I'll be able to, nobody's going to smash me. And then as soon as you think that, that's the day that someone goes and fucking <laughs> yeah. kicks the shit out of you in the gym. But it keeps you focused. It keeps you Oh, yeah. It, it back, bursts right? the balloon pretty quick, and then it brings you back down to reality, and that's yeah. what you need to, to get better. Because if you're living up in the clouds, you're not going to be able to progress, you know? That's right. Absolutely. It only lasts so long, right? only lasts so long. For sure. For sure. So you told me before we started you love UFC. I do love so UFC. So do I. Yes. Which is nice. Um, did you watch fights last night? I didn't watch you the didn't. fights last night, but I woke up at uh, 4 in the morning to check the results to nice, see who won. Nice. They were good. Um, the scariest part of the night was probably the Jacare knockout. I'm so happy for Jacare. Me too. I, I love Jacare. Uh, Weidman looked good. Sure. I'm a big Weidman fan too. too. Weidman's a classy was. guy, great Always champion. Was. Yeah, absolutely. But Jacare hit him with that right hand uh, towards the end of the third round and knocked him down hard. When he hit the ground, his eyes were back in his head and his mouth was open. The ref didn't, didn't jump in. Sure. Jacare was like, man, he's out. He's done. And I saw the very end of the stoppage yeah, where he was kind of hooked onto the low single. Yeah, not even in about his wits. And Jacare just, he's looking at the There's ref. There's already just, some memes just, out there. Like, if he dies, he dies. Yeah, yeah, like, gave him a couple whacks. And then it was like, okay, it's over. I feel like you're seeing late stoppages too often now yeah. in MMA. And nowadays I find it surprising. Before it was refs that did it all the time, the same ones. But now it's like high-level guys like the Herb Deans. Or sure. Like, like uh, Dan Mirgolato was last night. It concerns me because Chris Weidman, he was out for over a year, came back, now gets laid out like this and with a late stop. It's just not good. It's not a good look. Yeah, he's had, a, he's had, the, he had the bad knockout with Romero. Romero, and then he had neck issues after the, the Calvin Gaslam fight. Sure. Um, Musasi, he got beat by Musasi too, didn't he? Got beat by Musasi, so he, he went on a three-fight losing skid. Then he beat, you know, he then, beat Gaslam, didn't he? Then he beat Ga- uh, Gaslam with an arm triangle. Sure. And then came back, or was out for a year, and then came back and got cleaned by Jacare. That just shows how good Musasi is, too. Like, Musasi's over in Bellator. Like, yeah, Musasi man. just hammered Rory McDonald. Did he ever, man? And Rory McDonald's a stud. Rory McDonald's got a, a win over Tyrone Woodley. Exactly. You yeah, know? Um, but I was really happy to see Jacare get the win because, man, Jacare, if you, if you say best grappler ever in jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, he's in that conversation yeah. for sure. Yeah. He's the, one of the top three guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he's the smallest guy to ever win, I think, uh, an absolute world yeah. title. He beat Hodger, got his arm broken. Yeah. And just tucked it in there like a fucking savage. What people don't guys. realize is he only competed for three years at Black Belt. He did all that right out of the gate. That's, that's like, nobody does that. Jesus. Nobody does what he did in Jiu-Jitsu. And he had a phenomenal MMA maker, but he had the longest, hardest road, and he's still never fought for UFC belt. I know. I think now, well, he's coming off two knockout wins in a row. You can't deny him now. I think you should. I who, think who did he beat before he Derek beat? Brunson. Oh, he in, knocked out Brunson. In Brunson's hometown. Okay. Yeah. Um, which was impressive. I uh, didn't even find any highlights of Brunson's fight last night yet. That uh, Israel Adesanya or He's amazing too. So fun to watch. So fun to watch. Always fun to watch. Um, it, you see high-level kickboxing kickboxers coming. I think his record's like 75-4 and four in kickboxing. Yeah. Comes in primarily, you see that. They get by at first because they're making their way up. But you don't see them like this kid 
come in and be able Derek Brunson wrestled in high school he's super athletic sure trained trained at Jackson Wink for years and then you see this uh, Israel come in and you expect him to have issues and he did but he fought off the takedowns kept it standing and sure. looked incredible man he's so fun I, I found s- it well I know I, th- I don't know if I found it no it's just him dancing Okay, I'm still looking. Okay, cool. I saw a little interview with him this morning, actually, when I woke up to eat breakfast, and he was saying that Joe Rogan said that somebody gave him an A-plus on his performance. He said, I give myself a B-minus. He said, yeah. I didn't get my jab popping right away, and yeah. I, I ran into some issues. It wasn't an A-plus, like it wasn't flawless. Um, but that just shows the, his thought process, you know, the way that he's thinking. Just watch it. Boom. Boom. That question mark kick he throws with both legs. And now he's wrestling Brunson. Like it's uh And he threw it on both sides. He threw the right hand and he threw the right kick. Look look at that. Oh man. Hands in his waist. It's incredible. And he called that too. He said that in the way as he said, You're you're easy money for me. You're easy work. Yep. Um I like seeing kids like this because hype trains are People love it when hype trains get derailed. Sure. But I love it when they succeed because yeah, he's that talented. And sure. he's that, like we said, fun to watch. I can't wait to see what's next. Um, yeah, I've been impressed with him since... I, I went back and watched like the, his kickboxing fights you can find on the internet. On the oh, internet. yeah, he's phenomenal. Holy shit, man. Like, like, you see that and it's like, well, how can you not be excited to see what's mm-hmm. next for this kid? See that performance, you have to say the same thing. So... Um, yeah, super impressed with him. Who else was on the card last night? Um, main event didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I think we called that. Yeah. Big fan of of Derek Lewis. He's, Especially his Instagram. It's hilarious. He's man. awesome. It's yeah. But I really think people played him off like he didn't really deserve a shot because they brought the fight together within three weeks and yeah. this and that. Man, he he's won eight of his last nine fights. Yeah. He's man. And that's the thing, like, you can't argue with the results. He's beat some really good guys. Definitely. He definitely. knocked out Travis Brown. He yeah. knocked out Volcom. Yeah. He's, uh, he's had a bunch of really good wins. He has a, it was a terrible fight, but he has a win over uh, uh, Francis Nagano. Nagano, yeah. You know, that nobody wanted to fight. No. You yeah. know, a win's a win in my yeah. books. Like, if you win, you should go up to the ranks. And for me, he was the number one contender. They couldn't make that Stipe fight, you know. No. Stipe's the one, number one contender, but he's definitely number two. Yes, um, well, I would say it's, it's definitely warranted to have that spot. I think, like you said, even though with the Ningano fight, it was statistically the worst fight in UFC history. Sure. 21 strikes. It was terrible. It was hard to watch. He still won. He sure. still did enough to win. Sure. Um, and then, well, Ningano was coming off that Stipe loss, which was probably traumatic for him. Sure. And it showed in that fight with Lewis. But then Lewis comes in, and, you know, he, he looked okay doing what he did last night. You know, sure. The skill level just isn't. Like, we talked about wrestlers. DC is a wrestler. Sure. One of the best wrestlers. Phenomenal wrestler, If yeah. not the best in MMA. Sure. Um, and it showed. You know, just different levels, man. Different levels. Sure. And Derek Lewis, as athletic and big and scary as he is, it just wasn't enough. Just wasn't enough, and DC took him down, choked him out, as expected, as advertised, yeah. I guess. I think DC doesn't get the the credit he deserves either. Sometimes, like, I agree. Um, I looked. I thought he looked phenomenal in the last Jones fight. Mm-hmm. I thought he was winning that fight until he got caught. Yep. I thought he was really starting to put things together, especially in tight in that fight. Oh yeah. With those uppercuts and with that dirty boxing he was implying, he looked great. You know. And then he got clipped. He got clipped, and I really, I really root for DC because. 
Man, he uh, hard worker. Man. Hard worker. Yeah. He's super classy. He's yeah. not talking any shit unless Never. you're coming at him with something. Yeah. Like he he got on the guys in the post. I watched a little bit of the post fight today, and somebody kind of shit on um, Derek Lewis's performance. And he said, "Hey, hey, be respectful." Yeah. He said, "Derek Lewis is a great fighter. He deserved this opportunity. That he deserved, you know, yeah. uh, that he that he got." And um, man, very classy. And he's he's had a hard hard road too, man. Definitely. Definitely. He. Uh, I know he, he missed weight at the Olympics where his liver failed on him. Like, right. he, man, that's four years of workload. Not That's not four years. That's a whole lifetime of a workload, you know? Life, yeah. I know that he wrestled Kale Sanderson, who was one of the best collegiate wrestlers ever, who was an Olympic champion. Yeah. That's who he lost to when he got to the finals right. of the NCAA, you know? So if he didn't have to wrestle Kale, if Kale Sanderson didn't exist in that weight division, yeah. for sure he would have been the champion because yeah. he was blowing everybody out of the water, you know? Um, when you're coming from a strong team like Team USA for wrestling, mm-hmm. if his liver wouldn't have shut down, he would have had a great chance of winning or meddling at the Olympics, yeah, you know? Exactly. And I know he's gone through some personal things too. I know he lost one of his kids. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's just a constant he's a he's yeah. a consummate professional, man. I've got tons of I'm a big DC fan. He's not my favorite fighter to no. watch. No, no. But um, he's phenomenal, man. Yeah, t- he's you, phenomenal. Yeah, he his skills are one thing. His skills in commentary booth are impressive as well. Oh, yeah. He's right. a very intelligent I, man. Yeah, I, I like listening to him. Yeah. Um, and he really, really depicts the sport well. He's a good ambassador. I'm very surprised, like you said, he doesn't have more of a following. I can't believe that people boo him when he's going to fight John Jones. He's the good yeah. guy. Yeah, that's right. He's a family man. He's never been in any trouble. He's that's never right. tested positive for steroids. Yeah. Like I said, like he's not my favorite fighter in the UFC, no. but there's no way that you can't love him. Oh, of course. Or, he's phenomenal. He's amazing, you know? Or at least love what he's done. For sure. Um, and just, he's exciting. He's finished his last couple of guys. Absolutely. Fuck, he finished Stipe Miocic. Yeah, impressively. Fe- you know, he's finished a bunch of guys. Yeah. He, he finished uh, Rumble. Rumble. Dan Henderson. Uh, Dan Henderson he finished. Um, he, uh, Volcom. Or yeah. uh, what's his name? Ozdemir. Oh, yes. Vol- Volcan Ozdemir. Yeah. In his last light heavyweight. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's fought like uh, Roy Nelson at heavyweight. Uh, beat him. Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett. He picked Josh Barnett up over his head and slammed him like, on the ground. Like nothing. Had a war with Alexander uh, uh, Gustafson. And won. And oh, he's won. got a champion's heart. He's Absolutely. That's the thing I want to see about Stylebender. I want to see how mm-hmm. how good he is when he gets met with adversity. I, I guarantee on the feet, he's going to have no problems at all yeah, because I he's such say. a high-level kickboxer, you I know? Even if he gets clipped and he does meet adversity on the feet, he's got so much experience in that in that pool that I think that he'll be able to come back and yeah. knock anybody out, you know? Yeah. But I want to see when he gets dragged to the ground. I want to see when he yes. gets dragged into those deep waters, you yes. know? So Do we like, know what his grappling experience is? Uh, no, well, not off, not offhand. His stand-up just blows everything else out of the water. I don't it's know like if Venom he's... Page too. Like, I don't, what's his grappling? I don't even know. I, I think... I think Israel. I think Israel still trains in New Zealand. Yes, he does. And there's yes. not a lot of jiu-jitsu in New Zealand. I've got some friends from there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much jujitsu they have, but I'm sure that where he's at such a high level, they're bringing yeah. in really good people, or he's cross-training, going to different places. I would say, and he may be incredible at jujitsu for MMA. Sure. Right, because it's as it's trained and delivered as a sport now, you have to be to be at that level. You have to. Sure. Um, whether or not he's a blue belt, purple belt, whatever, he might sure. not be. And those things don't translate into MMA. Like you can be, exactly, you can no. be the black belt world champion, and your jiu-jitsu could be terrible for MMA. You know. Yeah. Well, for example, you take uh, one of the best black belts in the world, put him against uh, like a DC, 
you know, any of these high-level wrestlers, they're going to have a terrible time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they're going to be taken down, and they're going to have a really bad time because they're going to get smashed. Sure. Um, or, Chuck Liddell always had, a, like, a good... Anti-grappling style. Yeah, sprawl well, like, or brawl, right? You know, yeah. and it's, it's weird, though, because people would say it was just anti-grappling, but really, like... Chuck wrestled for years. Yeah, he was an NCAA Division I wrestler. Then, he was either a blue belt or a purple belt or something. So all he really did was just get up, not let them keep him on the ground. He just tried to keep it where he was strongest, which is like the half guard stuff we were talking about earlier, sure. right? So I think he was a purple belt. Yeah, I'll I mean, even as purple, even a fucking blue belt, right? Like, if your whole goal is not to do jujitsu, yeah. you utilize your technical get up, utilize your underhooks, arguably, you don't have to do jujitsu. Right? I was really hoping that Damian Maya would win the UFC belt. Yeah. I was really hoping for that because then I think he would be in that conversation with Hodger yeah. for be, for best grappler ever from jiu-jitsu for mm-hmm. like yeah. for because because they were really making it Gracie style exactly right and he applied his jiu-jitsu in MMA better than anyone I've ever yep. seen. I agree. I think the what happened with with Maya is a lot with what we've seen with Ronda. Sure, the sport evolved and they failed to do so. No, do you think they're done? Do you think he's done? I think, he, well, he's 40 now. I yeah. Think. And well, he really, it was crazy because when he came out in the UFC, he was submitting people right and left. Yeah. And good guys. Oh, yeah. Like he like, man, Chael Sonnen was a, is a, is a very good wrestler. Yeah. He dumped Chael Sonnen in his head and triangled him from with the mound. That, that lateral drop. Oh, yeah. And then set it up perfectly with that triangle. You know, he, he, was, he was really crushing people. And then he had a little bit of a bad streak where he fought. The fight with Anderson Silva was terribly boring. Was uh, terrible, he got yeah. hit with a one punch with Marquardt, so that fight didn't even really no. get going. You know, so he had a low spot in his career. But for me, what was phenomenal is like from him from 37 to 40. Yeah, man, he put in some work. He beat was, Carlos Condit. It, it was a drop from middleweight to welterweight. Sure. Um, and then he went on like a six fight winning streak. And the fights that he lost were like split decisions, like Rory McDonald, yeah. I think, was a splitter unanimous decision. Yeah, but something like but that. he was all over Rory Good the fight. first round. Exciting fight. You know, Jake Shields was a split decision. I thought that he actually thought he kind of won that fight. Yeah, you know, sure. um, yeah. But that that time, like he was choking out guys like Rick Story. Sure. Uh, who else was he? Who's a killer? He, just you know, just destroying the welterweight division. Sure. And um, did he get a, a title shot at, at welterweight? He did. He fought Tyron Woodley. He did, yes. Oh, yes. And, and stylistically, right. I just think that's the worst matchup for him. I think if he would have had any other person as the mm-hmm. champion other than like a Woodley or a George St. Pierre that is very very good on the feet and yeah. very hard to take down, you yeah, know? For sure. Um, and, well, Woodley got hurt in that fight, which could have been a reason why it was so boring. I think he tore his labrum in the first round. Yeah. Which is no joke when you're fighting Damian Maya. Oh, sure. Because one of your arms is shut down for an underhook Terry to defend taking good. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. If he would have went on and, and did that, not only for the sport, but for Brazil, win that title, he, sure. would, he would be right in that. I think he still is in that category. Oh, he is. If you put it like a top 10 list, so he's, he's on it. He's top five. Level, oh, no. Know, I would say. Because he has a win against Shaka Ray. Yes. In jiu-jitsu with the gi on. Yes, that's right. And he was, uh, it took him six years to get to the black belt. Mm-hmm. So he, the for the time that he competed in the gi, he had a phenomenal career. Yeah. Um, then he was an ADCC champion, which is like win the Olympics in no gi. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and then he, out of all those guys, Roger, Jacare, um, Hodger, he's the one that had the most successful UFC career at this point. Jacare is in that, is right up there with him. He, he was a strike force champion. 
Um, and he's been at the elite of the elite at middleweight in the UFC. And Jacques Ray's had to go through the hardest road. Yes, definitely. It's ridiculous that he hasn't had a title shot. Yeah. Like, you can sure. name every single top guy in the division. Mm-hmm. He's fought them. He's fought Musasi, yeah. Gaslam, Wideman. Yeah. You know? He uh, beat them all. Rockhold. Yeah. You know, Rockhold, I thought he, I thought he won that fight. Yeah. Musasi, he got, he got caught with the upkick way back in the day and Dream in the finals of the tournament. And then came back when they fought in the UFC. He hit him with a beautiful gear. Yeah, he beat Musasi. I forgot yeah, about second that. Second time around. You know? Um, yeah, and I mean, again, stud. Musasi is a fucking stud. I'm sad he's in Bellator. Um, I think he belongs in the UFC, but... He had a really good fight with Romero as well. Awesome fight. That was a really good fight. Romero's a scary man. Yeah, he's 41 years old. There's no way. And he's Cuban 41, so that means he doesn't have a birth certificate, so he's probably close to 50 years old. He looks like a Ninja Turtle. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I've never seen the likes. Now, he did test test hot once, I think, for steroids, I think. I don't hold it against any of those guys, though, because I guarantee there's there's ways around, like... If you have a squeaky clean record, like, I believe Daniel Cormier has never done steroids. Yeah, I believe it too. From his body yeah, and from, sure. you know. Yeah. And I think, but I think there's a lot of those the ways those guys get around that yep. in USADA, you know. Oh, definitely. Well, they're paying, like, nutritionists. I'm doing the finger thing. They're paying <laughs> nutritionists to figure out what isn't being tested for and sure. the half-life of what. You know, and, and yeah. I always think of how easy it is to get around shit. Like, I'll, when I was working out west. I was the only clean piss out of my whole crew. Sure. So everybody made me piss in vials, and they kept them in their vehicles with hand warmers and temperature bottles. And if they got into an accident or got in any trouble at all, they would take my piss, they would take the hand warmer with an elastic band, they would warm my piss up to the temperature that the human (laughs) body piss is supposed to be, and they would pass their piss tests. It's crazy. My piss was fucking gold. Yeah, so that... (laughs) Is for your livelihood. There's ways to right? fucking break. Yeah, yeah. Like for this sure. is so, this is someone's livelihood. So there's, there's ways to fuck her up. Oh yeah, can, absolutely. If I'm sure ways they're doing that, it. There's ways around USADA. There's ways around everything. Well, Lance Armstrong, he beat the tests for, for how many years? Like Lance Armstrong only got caught because he came back. Yeah. Because he wanted to win the thing clean. Yeah. But. I think it's bullshit they took all those titles away. Yeah, it is bullshit. It's stupid because if you look, if they tested like the guy that tested clean, the first guy to test clean. Right like 27th. Yeah. So the guys that got second, they got bumped up to first. Those guys all tested positive too. Yep. And they took him out of the record books. Mm-hmm. Okay, all those guys were on steroids. Well, he was still the champion. He won seven or eight tours of France. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the organization, not Mr. Olympia, but the other one where they don't use steroids? They're all natural. Do you guys know I, the name I've, of I've, it? I know what you're talking you about. You know what I'm talking about, you, but you're unfamiliar with it, right? Because sure. who fucking cares? Sure. Yes. We only watch Mr. Fucking Olympia because they're the biggest motherfuckers. Sure. Like, I'm not encouraging people to use steroids, but I'm saying, like, most of them are using it. So they're still oh, fighting yeah. the best in the sure. fucking world. Definitely. And then they're both enhanced. So they're both the best in the world, just enhanced versions. Sure. It's not like I'm going in and fucking fighting them. These are the best guys. We want to see it. I'd like to know what the percentage of people in the Olympics that take steroids is. Oh, Oh, man. It's definitely high. I think it's astronomical. I think it's astronomical. It's got to be in the 90s, man. I would say most of the sponsorship money that the people in the Olympics get goes to their nutritionists to figure out ways to beat the test. Sure. I would say. Sure. Calculating half-lives, knowing exactly when... Because it's it's a minute game. Like, if you want to be the best, you know how, like, motherfuckers will, like, shave their head to increase their swimming time or their running time? <laughs> if you want to be the best, you need to... Here's your steroids here, right? And here's the cutoff date 
So you need to be able to take your steroids and let's say right here I fail the cutoff date and here I've lost some of my steroid power. So this nutritionist is like, if you stop here, you'll test clean minutes before here. <laughs> yeah. That's what. That's why some people are getting caught. Sure. Because you do steroids, it's fuck whatever, right? Like everybody's doing steroids. So you're all at that enhanced level. But if you can do steroids and just be steroid free, just be steroid free at the line, yep. you are the most enhanced version of yourself sure. with those steroids. So those nutritionists are doing all the fancy science and math right there. That's and, where they want to get. And sure. And they have to do that these days. Think yep. about the UFC in 2008, 2009. That's why surprise tests. That's why people run to the room for surprise tests. Yeah, sure. Because yeah. that's not according. No, we can't. No, exactly. My fucking, my physicist or what? Chemist. My chemist says no. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I remember the TRT phase too. Like when they were letting guys have TRT, like Wild. all those guys, their testosterone was fucked up because like Vitor Belfort, that guy did fucking tons of testosterone when he was like, yeah. uh, he all was just time. shooting testosterone so like crazy. He needs it now. You know, that's why he needs it now. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is he was taking 18 times the amount that the fucking, the testosterone therapy needed. So like it was terrifying. TRT <laughs> Vitor was insane. It was TRT scary, Vitor. man. Fuck it, just spin kicking Luke Rockhold in the face. He hit, he kicked Michael Bisping so hard in the head that it detached his retina. That's yeah. what happened to Bisping's eye. He got that funky eye now. That's what happened. It's a shame. It's a uh, fucking shame. I always hated <laughs> Bisping when he was coming up through yeah. like the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. And man, I've got tons of respect for that I do guy. As well. I do I'm a as big well. fan of him now. Yeah. I don't. I I thought if you told me at one point in my life that you'd be like, oh, at one point you're going to be a really big Michael Bisping fan. Yeah. I'd be like, you're insane. I agree. He's he's a gamer, man. He's, he's not likable. But he's on a the tough end, man. Tail end of his career, he really put the gas on, or, or the the pedal to the metal. We'll say, really went forward and that he, fight against Luke Ro Luke Rockhold, man, when he knocked him out, just blew it up. Man. And then he had a he had a decent performance against GSP. He, he did. did. He, he looked pretty good until he, he did. got clipped with that hook and choked out. And um, you're fighting, the, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. In I, my I opinion, agree. I think I think GSP. If Hodger Gracie is the Michael Jordan Jiu Jitsu, I think GSP is, our, is the Michael Jordan MMA. I agree. I agree. I do. You know, it's funny. What do you think if he fights uh, Nurmagomedov? Nurm I think he'll fucking smash him. I yeah. think so too. I think he'll smash him. I think yeah. that he's like fighting Conor McGregor is one thing. Mm -hmm. Fighting GSP is a different animal. GSP is one of the best MMA wrestlers to ever do it. Yeah. He's, I think this couple years off was good for him. I thought going up to 185, mm -hmm. I thought he, I thought like he looked really big and bloated. Yeah. For, he looked like a, like a powerhouse, you know, mm -hmm. but ideally that's not his weight. No. I don't think 155 is either. I think if he comes up to 170, I think if I think of Nurk Magomedov who has trouble making 155, mm -hmm. I think if he comes up to 170, I think it's going to be a bad day for him because I don't think he's taking George down. Well, I look at who George fought in the past, okay? Mm -hmm. Matt Hughes, incredible wrestler. Josh Koscheck. Um, even Matt Sarah, decent wrestler. Amazing jiu-jitsu guy. Um, John Fitch. All these guys could not take George St. Pierre down. Yeah? He took them down. Mm -hmm. Khabib's good. Handle it. He's very good at... Um, wrestling or sambo for MMA but GSP is just a better mixed martial artist. Sure. Well-rounded. We talked about being well-rounded before. Yeah. GSP is the, in my opinion, like you said, the Michael Jordan. The sure. real deal. The total package. Khabib is good at one thing. Sure, he hit Conan with that right hand and everything, but he couldn't stand with GSP. Mm -hmm. 
No. Never. never. Couldn't, and he couldn't take him down. That fight would very much end on GSP's terms, I think. I think so, too. Me too. And I, I think, I think, uh, I think we've seen people give problems to, to Khabib. I know that, like, I've heard different things about Khabib in training camp that he, like, that... I know uh, there's been a couple really good like Division One national wrestling champions mm-hmm. that have gone to AKA to train, and that he's taken them down a bunch. Sure. It's phenomenal, you know. Yeah. He's I know that he comes from Dagestan. The Russians and the Dagestanis are amazing at wrestling. They're the best, oh, yeah. probably the best wrestlers on the planet. They just won the world championships. Russia just won again. Um, States won last year, but um, I just don't think. Like I know Ali Aquinta gave him trouble. Yeah, he did. He he couldn't take Ali Aquinta down, and I don't think. If you look at MMA wrestling, mm-hmm. I think George St. Pierre might be the best MMA wrestler ever. Yeah, I, I, I say he is. You know? In my opinion, I think he is. His, 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 his knowledge of distance and grappling and striking and how to mix it up, yep. he's the man. Yep. Just Definitely. mixing everything, man. Like, yep. that's the thing. He just knows how to make it all into that one soup, that correct yeah. soup. Sure. Yep. And he's a martial artist. That's what I like about him. And I think that's why he's been so successful is what mm-hmm. you said. He's yeah. a martial artist. He dedicated his entire life to this. Sure. You know, and it shows in his performance. He's been around a long time. He hasn't gotten himself twice. in any trouble outside the octagon. Never. never. Um, and do, like we, we spoke before how we don't understand how DC is not a fan favorite because he's a good guy. Sure. I feel like there's been a switch, and I think we talked about this two weeks ago, whereas now MMA is more entertaining. It's more entertainment-friendly. It's, it's more WWE. Rather than skill set sure. entertainment. Sure. You got Conor McGregor doing all the shit, and he's a fan favorite because of that. Sure. He's also an incredible fighter. Yeah. John Jones is so highly sought after because of the shit outside. Also an incredible fighter. It is just wild. I mean, like, I feel like there's been a shit. blow, hit a girl that's pregnant yeah. with your car. It's like, crazy. Yeah. And then still people love you. People I just, love him. I, I don't yeah. get it. It's, it's not that I hate him. It really yeah. isn't. It's just like... And, and another thing about it, like, you're not required to be a fucking role model. Sure. Because you become some celebrity. No, yeah. You're not required. It's you like, didn't sign up for that. Dude, no. the fucking, um, what's that girl who got famous off Dr. Phil? Catch me outside. Yeah. How about that? Like, yeah. she, she's not required to be a fucking role model now she's famous. Yeah. Sure. Right? So, like, it's, it's almost ridiculous of us to expect John Jones to be a great person just because we think he should be. No, he doesn't have to. But at the same yeah. time, no. it's, it's on us whether or not we like someone who's an asshole. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's as a society. Like, if, if we want to fucking love John Jones knowing he can be a piece of shit, mm-hmm. then that's on us. Yeah. He's not sure. asking us, like, love, love me or don't love me. He's just being himself and he's doing himself. And yeah. that's, that's cool because that's just what he wants, yeah. right? Sure. And that's just, that's the, that's the big catch. Like, that's the part where half the people have it wrong, half the people have it right, mm-hmm. but which half? Right, like he doesn't have to be the best role model because he got famous, but I also don't have to like him or dislike him because he is or isn't being himself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really it's always on you as a person of how mm-hmm. you feel, right? And I I just I don't know, I I don't know how I feel. That's yeah. it. Like, I, and, and the beautiful thing about life is I don't fucking have to know how I feel. No, sure. that's right. I I like watching him fight. Yeah. I like stepping elbows. I like seeing crazy shit. I like seeing standing guillotines. I like watching John Jones fight. Oh, he's phenomenal. Do I necessarily yeah. like him as a person? Not with the shit I heard. Could it be wrong? Could it be taken way out of context? Fuck yeah. Sure, sure. So like, who knows, right? I think, and and, and my point is the 
idea around skill set and how impressive a fighter is, like a John Jones, that people don't really, like the hardcore guys pay attention to that. Sure. But, okay, so go back to 1993, Horace Gracie comes in. He's an incredible jiu-jitsu guy. He's beating everybody. They focused on his skill set, nothing else. Sure. So from the primal Mm -hmm. time of the UFC, from the very beginning, it was focused on skill set. That was a big moniker. They weren't even going and looking at his history. They didn't want to know where he was No one gave a fuck. All that mattered was the skills. And I think we've lost that. Sure. I think now it's more entertainment friendly. But everybody wants to know everything about everybody nowadays. And it's easy to find everything out. Yeah, with social media, with so much access. Look at people that get fired because of shit they post on social media. Yeah, sure. It happens every day. Man. Yeah. I always laugh. I remember it was like the first thing I ever seen like that girl went on Twitter and she's like, I just got this dead ass job that I fucking hate. And then her boss like, no, you don't. Yeah. But that's just... That's just so fucking simple. Like, how is she so dumb? And, like, this world fucking blows my head. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, it is wild. And I think John Jones is definitely in that conversation for best ever, but I don't think he is because he's had so much time off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be tough. And with the the tarnished reputation for the the steroids. Like, if it comes down to a tiebreaker between him and GSP, who's the best ever. Like, if he comes back and smashes a couple more guys and, you know, let's say he wins two belts. Well, GSP's got two belts, but he's never taken steroids or he's at least never tested positive. And he he was A-plus role model. Sure. When I first started watching UFC, GSP was the reason. Oh, yeah. He's a guy that I've been watching for, however, 10, 15 years. He's stand-up role model, Canadian, which helps. Sure. Um, Oui, oui, mon ami. Yeah. Incredible fighter. Well, most well-rounded fighter sure. ever. Sure. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I don't like that shift that has taken. No. But I'm also hardcore. I'm a hardcore. I've hardcore. met George a couple of times. He's a gentleman. Yeah. He's a gentleman. Like, I think a lot of guys can put that act on. Oh, you know, yeah. I think a lot yeah. of guys can be the gentleman when they're in front of the microphone. Yeah. I've I've been around him at I've been to TriStar a couple of times and yeah. seen him in the gym and just seen how he acts, and man. Stand-up guy. That's that guy should be a role model. People sure. should look up to him because yeah. he's just a he's just a picture of humbleness, man. Yeah. He's just a, a humble guy, and they're helping people. And at the end of the day, I think he's I think he's really is what the martial arts encompass, man. Yeah, you know, for sure. He's like the blueprint. He's the if, man. If if a young if a young man or woman gets into MMA at a young age, I would tell them to watch, go back and yeah. watch the Try development. The development of George St. Pierre from yeah. his first fight in the UFC up until his last fight sure. with Bisping. I feel like Rory McDonald tried to do that, and, and I he, don't know where his close. disconnect was, though. I think Because he, he is that talented. He is that good. He oh, just, yeah. It's like he just, I don't know. And he's he's one of the rare, at the time, one of the rare, rare people to start training MMA as a sport at the age of 16. Yeah. Sure. Now you see it constantly. It's, it's, it's the way it is now. But he was one of the only ones to come in and do it. Um, I think, well, first he ran into Robbie Lawler. That fight was incredible. That was one of the best fights in the UFC. It is my number one fight of all time. But he had nose problems ever since that. Sure. Um, Fight with Stephen Thompson showed that as well. He went over Bellator, destroyed Paul Daly, won the title from Kershaw, I think. I think, anyway. Oh, the Russian. The Russian. Yeah. So he still holds the title over there, but I think guys like that belong. Nothing against Bellator. Yes, thank you. Nothing against Bellator. Belong in the UFC. 
but I think he he just he he outgrew the UFC. Maybe maybe he needs more challenges. Maybe he wasn't getting the respect he thought he deserved. I think it's the miles too on your body, man. Like I think he had a lot of fights when he was really young. Really young. And he started so young. He started so young. Yeah. And man, you only have so especially in MMA. Like oh, in yeah. jujitsu, I think jujitsu is something that you can do. Even like that's the really cool thing. Like about even the masters divisions like you could like masters three i got to see some guys in las vegas competing that were you know six-time world champions or you watch solo hibero go out there and i know for a fact guys that are like really good black balls will go to the university jiu-jitsu and train with solo and solo will fuck them up to this day because he's an animal you know so you can do that for a long time in mma you can't do that you know i think too much wear and tear too much wear and tear and i think you only have a certain amount of fights in you and maybe I don't know, man. Maybe Roy McDonald. I think, and I'm sure. I hope his his best fights are past him because I'm a big fan of his. Oh, same. You know, um, but like, it's a shame that he beat Tyron Woodley when Tyron Woodley wasn't the champion. Yes, and he beat him impressively. Impressively, he dominated the fight. Incredible, and some, yeah. he's got man. Look at some of the wins he's had in his career. He's beat Damian Maya yeah. too. You know, he's yeah. beat Tyron Woodley. Uh, I was going to say Carlos Condit, but no, that's wrong because he. There was five seconds left on the ref stopped. He beat Nate Diaz. Destroyed Nate Diaz. Yeah. And BJ Penn destroyed BJ Penn. Did he, did he beat Jake Shields yeah. too? Not in the UFC. No? No. Jake Shields is another tough guy. Yeah. Another he's, tough he's guy. He's a problem, man, for a lot of guys. Yeah. On the ground, he gets them down, and it's just... It's, and on the feet, he looks like a walking zombie. It's hard to watch, actually. Yeah. It's like he just... He looks like a rock'em, sock'em robot. Basically, yeah. If he... He's one of the guy, traditional guys, like the Damian Maia. If he sure. can't get you down, he's going to have a hard time. And he's a guy that's a phenomenal grappler. Yes. He's, he's a phenomenal grappler. Tough as shit. He'll come in with his hands, you know, down by his waist, get clipped. But if he gets a hold of you, it's going to be a bad day. American Jiu-Jitsu. American yeah. Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. I yeah. got to train with him once or twice. Yeah. Um, and I was really blown away with how strong he was and how good his pressure was. Yeah. Just all, like a wet blanket, man, all over you. Yeah. Well, I know he's a vegan. He's been a vegan for years. So is John Fitch, apparently. I'll tell you right now. Fitch left it. Yeah. Oh, did he? Back to me. I'll tell you right now. It was too hard on me. It wasn't hard on Jake Shields because he's the, he's one of the strongest individuals. Like his squeeze, like he tried to like gable grip me from the top and like yeah. cross face and underhook and just started squeezing my head. I thought my head was going to pop like a zit. Jesus, man. He's real. I think Khabib is that guy, that type of squeeze too. Oh, yeah, it shows. It shows when Khabib gets a hold of people, you see it in them. Now, what do you guys think about McGregor? Do you think he's going to come back and fight in the UFC? I think... I, I, I think li- he'll keep going. I'd like to see... See, he just find it, signed a six-fight deal yeah. with the UFC. So he's got it almost. Almost. But when you're Conor McGregor, I don't think contracts matter. Hmm. Um, I'd like to see a rematch. I don't think I would, it's warranted. I, th- I don't see, want um, it yet. I, see, I want... I've always wanted Conor McGregor fights. So yeah. I want to see Conor McGregor fight Pettis. I want to see Conor McGregor fight fucking... I don't even care. Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson. I want to see what Conor McGregor fight. What a stud that guy. I love, I love me some Tony Ferguson. Fight, fight everyone. Fight mm-hmm. fucking uh, Ben Henderson. Fight fucking Ben Askren. Fight Ooh. fucking everybody. Sure. I, I don't care. I'll watch every mm-hmm. fight. He could lose every fucking fight. And in six fights from now, when he has six fucking losses... I'll give UFC sixty nine ninety nine fucking Canadian, yeah. and I'll rent another fucking Conor McGregor for sure. But I think the thing about it is the mystique. Like when he was when he was Mystic Mac, and he was knocking out all these guys and saying, "I'm going to knock you out in this round." And yeah. like, he was going through the best guys. Yeah, he like, was. He, like uh, I remember at one point I was like, "Oh, he really hasn't fought anyone when he's first coming up." Well, look at the guys that he beat. Like he beat um, 
Max Holloway was one of the guys he beat. Poirier, Dustin Poirier. Poirier. Yeah. Well, Jose Aldo, I knew that he was the real deal when he knocked it. In, but it was like, it was a one punch. Yeah. Thing, you know? If you look, there's a, there's a clip of him in the back. I saw. And he's with his guy, yeah. and he's here, and then he, he does that in back step check hook, and that's what he fucking put him to sleep yeah. with. Sure. Wait, yeah, I, I know the clip you're talking about. He shows yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's not like an accident, right? He's uh, like Jose chasing Aldo him and then over and, and in, yeah. Like, I'm just going to step back. And yep. And that's, that's exactly it, what he did. He hit him with the left hand, the touch of death. Yeah. But there is that mystique. Like, what? He didn't look good against Khabib. I don't think his stand-up looked proper. I, I think he I looked stiff. I actually agree with this, and yeah. not because I'm a McGregor nuthugger, right. even though I am a McGregor nuthugger. Yeah, so am I. I. I just don't think he was himself for whatever reason. No. And what Gordon said was true. You had a year or more to plan for this, and your best plan was let him get tired? Yeah. That's dumb as fuck. He's never got tired before. He has. He's not getting he's tired. He's a fucking tractor you, on top, yeah. He's going to hump you all night long. Because he's in his comfort zone. <coughs> yeah, he's wrestled exactly. since he was a, he wrestled since he was a, a, was a exactly. toddler, you know? Yeah. So he literally doesn't get tired. That, like we talked about comfort zones, like yeah. you just said, that's his comfort zone. Sure. If the stand-up really is not. The plan, that's a dumb fucking it's, plan. It's, it's not the greatest tactic, right? what, like, and it didn't I work. What I think he should have did was more teeps. Like, um, and I don't know if different people call it different things, but I, I think of two different types of teeps. I think of the this is Sparta teep, and then the belly button fucking like front push kick with the toes with the toes yeah like i kick with the bar of my foot right under the toes i kick it out like that and i go for between the belly button and the hips and if you can get someone there that's what he did to mendez sure people talk about mendez like it was a fucking shitty fight because mendez was coming on short notice and this and that chad mendez is ripped to fucking death He's always in shape. You know sure. that guy is in game shape. He could fight tomorrow. Sure. I don't care if he's eating cheese fucking burgers right now. He could go fight tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So for anybody to say that McGregor uh, Mendez wasn't amazing for that fight, they're dumb as fuck. Sure. Right? So I'll preface with that. When McGregor kicked him in the fucking stomach with those push kicks over and over and over and over and over, and then he did the heartbreaker to him. Yeah. It's when Mendez went in for the guillotine. And um, McGregor did that, like, heavy over-the-side roll mm-hmm. with it. In SBG, they call that the heartbreaker. Sure. Because it breaks your fucking heart when you think you're getting the guillotine and then you're on bottom. That and all those stomach kicks with the turning point. And then McGregor just kept kicking him in the he stomach. Broke him mentally. He broke him. He did. Yeah. It was the heartbreaker and those kicks. And then- if, if he would have played more of that game with Khabib, more of the front kicking him in the guts. Mm-hmm. Because it's not easy to take someone down. Like, throwing a side kick... Yeah, you get taken down. But throwing a front kick with your distance, with your... It's the same reason John Jones has no problem throwing kicks. He angles his hips right where he's able to fish underhooks. Sure. Throwing those kicks front yeah. on. And, and both guys fight very long. Mm-hmm. John fights because he is long. He, sure. He's hitting you and Connor's long, state. too, for his, yeah. his, his height. Con- Connor has a 74-inch reach. reach. I think G- or John Jones has an 84 and a half inch reach. Sure. So I have and, a four inch reach. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you, you look at the different variables in height, they're both very long. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with you, Kent. He, sh- he should have done a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, in the rematch, he does. Well, I thought, I'll tell you right now, I thought his first attempt at defending the takedown, I thought he did a great job. I thought his, his reactions Definitely. looked really good. I just didn't really think like he let it go on the feet. And I understand you have to be worried about the takedown. Yep. But I thought he should have just, re- I thought he really should have threw caution to the wind. Yeah. Because Khabib is not known for finishing guys either. Definitely not. You know? No. Nope. Um, I don't understand it. It's probably scary being underneath him. And Khabib was 
ultra oh, yeah. motivated to oh, yeah. smash him. Yeah. But I thought he, I thought like he had five chances every round when they stood up. He had five chances to get up and try to bang him out again. And I know that his power isn't the same as it is in round one and two as it is three, four, five. Right. But I don't but know. Even that, like he, he himself thought he won round three. And so did it, a well, lot that, of other people. That was so, his best round. So his he, cardio, like, it was still there. So mm-hmm. he, he should have sure. kept fucking throwing yeah, it to and, the wind, right? And his, his team actually came out and openly said their entire training camp was focused on defense. So going into the fight, it's hard to have that. And it showed his stand. Sure. Like I said, he looked like a stick in the mud as far as stand-up goes. Yeah. Comparable to his other fights in the UFC where he's just knocking people, right? Um, but, yeah, I think they focused too much on defense, and getting him tired, it's it, it's it, just not a good. Tactically, it's not the proper thing they did. I don't think. Sure. Then again, I mean, maybe they thought it would work. I don't think it'll work in the rematch. I think they should come back yeah. in and offense because McGregor doesn't isn't comfortable being put or like backing up. Sure. He does his best work when he's coming forward. Mm-hmm. He needs more of that. I think so too. He does. The um, fight I want to see is McGregor versus not McGregor, uh, Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. Yeah, that's a great, great. Even well, Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier. I'm so sad. I'll watch Nate Diaz fight anyone. Nate Diaz fight. is my favorite. I think. Favorite fighter. Right now, yeah. yeah. For sure, yeah. And they were supposed to fight last night, and Poirier got injured. Yeah, I know, and I think I was bummed. I, I'll tell you right now. I don't think. Uh, I don't think the Diaz's, on their record, in a fight to the death, yeah. would lose to anybody. No. I think Nick Diaz would beat George St. Pierre in a, de- in a, in a fight to oh, the yeah. death. Yeah, rules aside. Yeah, you know? Rules aside. Not even rules aside, just MMA. Just yeah. MMA with just no time yeah. limit. Stop. Sure, yeah. Because they're, like, they're hard to sub, they're hard to finish, they're hard to hold down, they're hard to hold, do anything. And they've got cardio for days. Incredible Daly, cardio. Like Paul Daly dropped Nate, and then when fucking Paul swarmed him to try to finish, Nate started praying. He was fucking doing this on the mat so Daly couldn't tee off on his head. Yeah. And then he ended up coming back finishing the fucking Oh, yeah, fight. knocked him out. Wild. You know? Wild. Yeah, I, I watch the Diaz brothers fight each other. I don't care. Like, yeah, I, me too. Yeah. So much fun. Times out of did, did you ever work primarily with MMA guys, like, for their training camp? Or? Um, here, like, when I lived in Canada a little bit, like, I, I, uh, Jason McKay from Anaganish, I helped him mm-hmm. quite a bit. We did quite a bit of training together when he was fighting in the ECC and stuff right. like that. I trained with Roger quite a bit um, when I was at Titans. Um, But probably since then, no, I I trained a lot with a kid in Brazil. Okay. Um, Zach is his first name. I forget what Zach's last name is off the top of my head. Okay. He's a good friend of mine, and we used to train together. He fought over in Russia a bunch. He fought over in ACB a couple times. He's fought over in M1 Global. Okay, yeah. Um, And he was really killing it, man. He's like... It was funny because he didn't really have a camp behind him at all. He would, would train jiu-jitsu at our school, and okay. I was the only one that would do no-gi with him because um, I was liking no-gi a lot of the time, so yeah. I'd could take the gi off after class and roll with him quite a bit. And he had uh, his girlfriend would go corner him and stuff. He had, I think, 18 fights in Brazil, and fighting in Rio or in Sao Paulo or anywhere in Brazil. It's tough. Especially if you're fighting guys with good records. And he wasn't looking to beat up guys that were tomato cans. Like, right. he... Had lots of good wins on his record. Yeah. He went over to Russia. Um, I know he had six fights over in Russia. I think he went four and two, all against guys that were like eighteen and one, yeah. fourteen and two. Yeah. You know, um, but I know him and his wife took a job over in Abu Dhabi, so it's really affected his training. But okay. he was a, uh, he was really really good. Yeah, cool. 
Cool. So is, is there any desire to maybe go down that road someday? To do MMA? Or not not compete. That's not what I'm asking. Sure. I'm like, so say, um, if you were to move back to Canada, would you help the guys out, say? Um, at, at this stage in my uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I have tons of friends. Like, I go to the States a lot to train, yeah. and a lot of them always tell me, like, they're like, man... MMA in your gym is problems a lot of times. Yeah. You know, a lot of MMA fighters bring a lot of problems yep. with them. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of personalities, drama, man. You know, and there's no money for the trainers. And I think, I think when I make the switch, when I do move to Canada and I make the switch from competitor to the coach, yeah, I think I'll I'll invest 100 percent of my time into coaching jujitsu. So I'll do gi and no gi, you know, um, is what I'll really coach. And I and I think what I'll do is just have just jiu-jitsu in my school yeah. i don't think i'll have any kickboxing any yeah. mma as well will we'll be my focus you know i know those things help to pay the bills as well sure. um but i would prefer to just coach jiu-jitsu yeah. you know yeah. i'm a huge fan of mma i know a lot of jiu-jitsu guys don't like it like i try to talk ufc to some of the guys in the gym and they're like what are you talking about yeah. i watched like a uh, flow grappling on the weekend i didn't watch ufc but yeah. i like the both of them yeah i love me some ufc because i just yeah. grew up watching it you know and yeah. i'm Same. i'm a big fan but uh, i don't think i would i don't know if i would do that if i had someone that wanted to come to the jiu-jitsu class that was an mma fighter right. i would definitely try to cater to them and try to show them things that were good would work more, in more mma like an open mind you know not you know jiu-jitsu is fantastic but it's different in mma and we know oh that. yeah all the approaches are different you know sure. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so what's next? Um, you just won Masters, did you not? Yeah, I won the Masters Worlds. Um, so I've just been healing up a couple of things yeah. from from that. Yeah. Um, I'll be I'll probably start training again really hard again mm -hmm. in I'd say January. Yeah. Start getting ready for Pan Am's Worlds, yeah. um, World Pro in Abu Dhabi again. So, yeah, my wife's gonna fight in two weeks. So, my wife's in Brazil right now. So yeah. she just won the Rio Pro. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to help her with the training while I'm gone, like telling her what she should be working on. Yep. And I got her with a nutritionist because she's going to drop a weight division. Awesome. Um, yeah, but looking forward to get back into competing. And, Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely looking forward to it. I, I watched a bunch of your matches on YouTube last night, actually. And it's fun to watch. Your half care is no fucking joke. And sure. everyone knows that. So. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Um, but, uh, and I'm a, I'm a Jake McKenzie Black. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, GF go. team, baby. That's Black right. Yeah, GF team. That's First right. Atlantic Canada. Yep. There you go. Yep, there we go. First homegrown <laughs> Cape Breton, buddy. Even though John doesn't fucking <laughs> I had to introduce the guests first, man. <laughs> Stop being so emotional. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Jake, again, thank you so much for coming sure. down. It's always fun. Thanks for being on. Um, I got to say it again. Kent, congratulations on your black belt. Thank it's you. a big deal for everyone. Yeah. Happy to be a small part of it. Um, Jake, as always, man, all the best. Thank you, man. Okay. Thank you, guys. Buy my shit. Buy my shit. Supernatural Survivor gear. Bye-bye. <laughs>